Welcome everybody to the latest episode of the Modern History HSD podcast. Today we're going to be discussing a new essay which is looking at why did the Cold War after World War II occur in the first place in the way that it did? How were the borders drawn? What were the key events? I've got Paige, Jade, Jack, Jaden and Ben with me. They're all going to be taking on one key aspect and breaking it down into a bit of a pill paragraph as to what's the point of mentioning that event in the first place, a bit of an explanation, some evidence and then any other context that they might have but first we have some exciting news i'm going to get these guys to do a bit of a vote so i've had a digital artist go away and try to come up with some new album artwork or cover artwork for our podcast that updates the the one from two years um if you're on spotify or anchor you'll be able to see a little collage just for this one episode of all the artwork um but these guys are going to vote and decide on what one's going to be the permanent one did you go on fiverr right now yes (laughs) (laughs) is this this podcast sponsored by fiverr no it's not sponsored by fiverr they get no 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 money Um, radio. So I'm going to give them the pass it around and then have a bit of a look. Okay. And then I'm going to ask them to describe mm-hmm. what they think the favourite one is once they've had a look. Yeah, I was kind of thinking now. <laughs> Option six. Yeah, we'll get six. That means nothing to anyone, but not even numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably that one as well. Actually, yes, I agree with the boys. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks more alive, I guess. I also agree. It's it's the one I thought of first. That's look alive, Jaden. That's so true. Okay, so I'll give a brief description of them all if you're doing the audio or you're on Apple Podcasts and you have no idea what we're talking about. So there's six options. There's one that is called monolith. So you've got kind of like a World War One sort of monolith and then there's a circle around it, kind of like a rising sun. The second one that they had a look at is called Iron Curtain. It's very dystopian sort of looking with two gentlemen standing with this black wall. Um, the third one is called Halls of Power, where you have kind of like these shadowy sort of figures standing and then uh, like a pantheon or like a US Capitol building in the background. Uh, the other one is called Power Struggle. It's all in like deep red with these three figures next to each other. The one in uh, the next one is called cult of personality so you've almost got like this soviet parade ground you've got these large black figures like these demigods standing around like these statues and the last one is to my mind an abstract version of the french revolution um which has a lot of bright color and everything um and i think has a lot of likes behind it so Go around quickly, tell me why you liked the one that you liked and which one you're going to vote for. Ben, what do you reckon? Um, I'm going for the French Revolution one because I like the colour and I like how the HSC podcast is the biggest out of all of them, so it kind of, you know, you're listening to the HSC podcast, <laughs> and the best podcast. And it just looks pretty, it just looks the best, I like it. Very good. 
Jaden? Yeah, I'd go same as Ben. Like I said before, like it looks alive. Like these other ones. Yeah, they look cool. But this one looks, to my opinion, just looks alive. <laughs> the colours are like mixed in. All the other mm. ones are like yeah. separated. But yeah. They're like mixed. Okay. I'm going to have to agree. They're like it stands out the most if you look mm. at all of them. Like these three here, they look very similar. Whereas this one, just so much different. Catches your eye. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a good, good way. <laughs> I don't really have anything to add. Are <laughs> <laughs> no, you going with the French Looks Revolution good. one? Yep. Yep, going with the French Revolution. I think it has a bit more personality mm. in it. Mm. it you know, individuality. Not as like dark and mm. gloomy yeah. as the other ones. It doesn't have many big black figures in it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, sir? Yes. What one's your favourite? Well, you see, I was impartial to the cult of personality one. Too bad. <laughs> but too bad I got outvoted. So if you, so if you're on Apple Podcasts, you'll be you will actually see this French Revolution one. They'll get updated for all of them. Um, and like I said, if you're on the other services, you'll be able to see just for this one week the collage of them all. And I might put up. I think in Spotify there's a voting feature. So if you think all these guys are wrong and I'm right, you can just have your say in there. But let's move on to the essay question why did we end up with the cold war i'm going to start with the girls over here for the berlin airlift and the blockade yeah so jade's gonna read them out yeah i'll read it and then, and then we'll go back over the main points yes the crisis that established the cold war as a conflict and affected superpower relations was the berlin blockade and airlift the four sector division of germany was always imperfect and russia's expansionist activities in eastern europe and lack of interest in the reunification of germany galvanized the western view that stalin could not be trusted by june 1948 france had joined the us and uk to create an economic tri-zone later in june the western powers planned a currency reform in west germany without consulting Russia and introduced the Dutch mark on the 23rd of June, rendering the old currency valueless. The result of these actions, Stalin's commitment to expand communism through territorial gain and his desire to capture the Allied occupation zone by forcing the Allies out of West Berlin were the reasons behind the blockade. Stalin implemented a total block of all rail, road and water between Berlin and West Germany, disconnecting power lines and leaving West Berliners to perish without electricity, food or medicine. General Clay quickly realised that an airlift could force the USSR either to shoot down unarmed humanitarian aircraft, hence breaking their own agreement made in November 1945, or allow the planes to pass. Armed with this knowledge, the first airlift went ahead on the 28th of June 1948, carrying 80 tonnes of general supplies, food, medicine and coal, but also West Berliner's hope and providing a, a living example of democracy in action. Quote, as for the Germans, they saw democracy in action in the air and they liked what they saw. End quote. <clears throat> Sorry. As the first point in the first paragraph, um, we've come up with that... The point is, establish the Cold War as a conflict and affected superpower relations. So obviously, it's just the Allies, France, UK, US, kind of having a bit of a blue with Russia. 
Anyways, and then the evidence was the tri-zone between France, UK, US, thus leaving Stalin separated, and they held a currency reform without the initial knowledge of Stalin. And then um, the explanation is how Stalin implemented the blockade, so like the blocking of rail, road and water, and then the disconnection of electricity. And then over here, I have written the currency reform, the desire to expand communism and opportunity to force the allies out, ultimately creating the blockade, which is kind of the overall gist of the paragraph. Yeah. Good job, Paige. Thanks. Very good. <laughs> um, is there a second part to it? There's three. So. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, let's get, into, let's get into the second one. Okay. The Berlin airlift was the first practical example of the Allies actively opposing Soviet expansion in Europe in the post-war period, a significant development in the Cold War that would set the tone for the next 40 years, with Berlin becoming symbolic of the Allies' willingness to oppose Soviet expansion in Europe. The commitment of the US and the UK to supporting West Berliners during the blockade through the airlift was also consistent with the containment policy enshrined in the Truman Doctrine. The unexpected nature of the airlift and the sheer effort expended by the Western Allies over a period of 12 months prompted Stalin's heightened desire for nuclear capability and contributed to Russia's commitment of 70% of its GDP to defence, a turning point in the arms race. Throughout the airlift, 400,821 tonnes of supplies carried by 689 aircraft, costing US $224 million, were delivered to West Berlin. Pilots also lifted German children's morale by parachuting gum and chocolate down to them. The combined effect of the Allies' unwavering commitment to the airlift, the debilitating impact of the West's counter-blockaded on trade, Stalin's realisation that his campaign was futile and his concerns in relation to the Western Allies' possession of nuclear capability meant that Russia lifted the blockade on the 12th of May, 1949. Mm, very nice. So the first point for that one was the first practical example of the Allies actively opposing Soviet expansion. And when we were reading through that, we kind of thought that the point of consistent with containment policy in the Truman Doctrine was pretty... I don't know, it kind of just stood out. Yeah, when they mentioned it. Yeah. Because it's, like, touching on that idea of, like, why Stalin wanted to blockade them and how they're becoming very separate after the war. Because in the introduction of this essay, which we didn't really read, it talks about how they worked together in, in the war, but then all of a sudden they were enemies. So we just liked how it kind of, it like, touches on that idea of them separating. Yep. And then um, I have said that I need to refer to this underlined bit. Um, when we we were we were originally unsure of the part where it said the unexpected nature of the airlift and the sheer effort expended by the Western expended by the Western Allies over a period of twelve months prompted Stalin's heightened desire for nuclear capability and so what i've written here is russia had a huge like land army but couldn't get his way as the airlift could not be stopped by stalin soldiers on the ground so it was if nukes were in russia the allies would have had thought more about opposing them yeah so we wrote that down because we didn't we didn't know what that was at first but when we asked her it's kind of like 
because at this time the US did have nuclear weapons but the Soviets didn't so it like it felt to Stalin that the US could kind of pull off these kind of things because at the end of the day they had a nuke and he didn't so mm. it gave them a massive advantage and it allowed them to oppose them in this way because they just could nuke them yep and then finally so this one yeah. yes the crisis that was the berlin blockade and airlift was a test of post-war will and shaped the development of cold war significantly by increasing the west suspicion of stalin and his insatiable territorial appetite as well as reinforcing their need for military strength in europe stalin underestimated the western alliance which cemented by their recent cooperation resulted in the creation of nato in april 1949 nato was based on the theory of collective security and included britain france the usa and canada a key development in the Cold War, as it saw the US formally shed its isolationist past and thrust itself forward as a determined superpower fighting its new rival alongside its allies. The blockade increased the economic and political divide in Germany to include a military one, making the country officially and seemingly permanently divided. And I have for the point, the Berlin blockade and airlift increased suspicion of Stalin and his territorial appetite. And then NATO was made by the Allies to have military support against Russia for themselves. And so um, we kind of put them all together and overall it was just Russia or the Allies drawing the line between themselves and Russia, thus creating the Cold War eventually. Mm. And it all geographically centering around Berlin, yeah. which was already like arbitrarily kind of divided. Rightio. Jack, the second domino goes off with you and it involves the Chinese. What happens? Uh, China was in the midst of a civil war between 1946 and 1949, becoming communist in 1949 an event that played a significant role in the superpower relations and developing the Cold War. The US had supported the KMT against Mao's army during the Civil War, resulting in a difficult and strained relationship in 1949, when China became communist and adopted an anti-American policy. While a crisis for the Americans, partly because it coincided with Russia having nuclear capability, China becoming communist was a gift for the Russians and resulted in both countries becoming closer. The communization of China and consequent creation of an Asian communist bloc allowed Stalin to claim that a socialist war was inevitable, bolstering his ideological commitment to communist domination. In a speech to the Russian people, Stalin claimed one quarter of the world, or a billion people, were choosing communism. The signing of the Sino-Soviet Treaty on the 4th of February in 1950 as an alliance of friendship and mutual assistance shortly after Mao's success over the KMT was also a significant development in the Cold War and represented a shift in superpower relations with China and Russia on one hand and the US, UK and Western allies on the other. The divisions of the Cold War, Cold War were becoming clearer with even greater, and I forgot to say that word again, del, del, delineation. delineation. 
So pretty much the point was China was becoming communist and they just got out of a cold war, or not a cold war, they just got out of a civil war. And this is like a, a big and important part of the, the cold war because now China's communist, they're right next to Russia. It, and it makes a lot of sense, east versus west. Um, explain the US supported Mao's opposition so their relationship wasn't going to work once Mao actually did win because obviously he was supporting who Mao was facing. Um, evidence was the signing of the Sino-Soviet Treaty in, the 19, in 1950 as an alliance of friendship and mutual assistance. So China and Russia they're now teaming up so now Russia's not on their own and um, the link I do remember I was a bit confused and I couldn't really figure it out, but Sir said something and I forgot to write it down, so <laughs> I kind of forgot what it was. Um, well, in that last bit, you were saying that the lines are becoming even clearer, so I think you've already said it a little bit, that like all these points just build on each other in these first couple of decades, that Berlin, lines are getting drawn after the Second World War, we're not friends anymore, we're actually completely uncompatible with each other when it comes to economics and um, social understandings and whatever so the lines getting drawn here and this oh, and that first bit showed a real unbalance to the side of the Americans and NATO that they had the advantage China going communist now the scales are tipping the other way you said in that opening paragraph Stalin's got the bomb now tick that one off another in huge chunk of the world's population and landmass has gone communist. Tick that box off. Now NATO's not as imposing anymore because you've got hundreds of millions of people are now in that block. So the lines, like it said, are becoming clearer and clearer and these spheres are looking more competitive rather than just America and all of Europe against Russia. Right. What's the next part? The crisis for the US and capitalist West more broadly, represented by China becoming communist in 1949, was also about fear for countries that saw growth in communism as a threat to their way of life. The realisation that 25% of the world's population were now communist was a blow to the US's commitment to containment and resulted in America strength, strengthening their fo foreign policy, particularly through NSC 68. NSC 68 called for a larger US military force and more focus on global rather than domestic security in order for containment to succeed. This policy entrenched the militaristic approach that the Americans adopted until the end of the Cold War and is another manifestation of the arms race and an important development in the Cold War. Perhaps the most, what is that word, poignant? Poignant? Poignant. Poignant. It's like important. Impact of China's communism in 1949 was the further polarizing of the two superpowers strengthening the divide of the Cold War. Paranoia, fear, mistrust and complete contempt for both capitalism and communism were reinforced on both sides. Trust was at an all-time low and as both sides renewed their commitment to protect borders and invest in defence, the Cold War became colder still. Um, for that one, I feel like the point was 
it was a crisis that China became communist and the US was scared that the like domino theory was going to happen that now China is communist now maybe Korea is going to go communist than Japan all the way down to Indonesia so they were pretty scared um, 20 the explain was 25% of the world's population was now communist and that was a big blow to the US's commitment to containment they said to everyone that they were going to contain it and you know over a billion people are now communist so it's not looking too good evidence mm. all I could really find was an NSC 68 which was just bigger military focus on domestic uh, global rather than domestic security in order for containment and then again I couldn't really find where the link was uh, yeah that's all I really got well I'll build on what you were saying that the NSC 68 that's being brought in is a is again another recalibrating and like policy shift that the Americans up to this point were content with the Marshall Plan and the Truman Doctrine. It's like, yep, we'll do the airlift. Yep, we will give money to all these places so that they don't go communist. But we're actually trying to move away from our massive military buildup we had in World War Two, and we're going to try to reduce it and we'll focus on our sphere of influence. After China goes communist and they realise that they backed the wrong horse and they're just kind of in a tizzy in a crisis like you said they get this new review and this review says you can't make the military smaller you actually need to make it a lot bigger and now you're doing not only giving out billions of dollars to countries in Europe you're also keeping the troops in Japan and you're putting more troops into Australia and you're putting CIA like the Anyway, I'm going too much into it. I think you guys get the point. More money, more weapons. It's ramping up. Righto, what's the last point, boys, with the Korean War? Um, we've got a different little bit of a different approach. We're going to read through the whole like Korean War. Uh, I think it's like three paragraphs. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, then go through like what it's trying to say all together. Sounds yeah. good. So the Korean War of 1950 to 1953 represented a significant chapter in the development of the Cold War through combat, expanding it to parts of Asia outside China. It was also the first use of the UN army in conflict and saw Russia attempt to manipulate its privileges at the UN use uh, at the UN for its own benefit. Uh, when Korea was partitioned at the 38th parallel after World War II, Russia took control of the North and the US. Oh, and the U.S. the South, wait, took control of the North and the U.S. the South, with the ultimate goal being for both sides to unite. However, mistrust created by the evolving Cold War and Stalin's obsession with territorial gain meant that this never happened. The Korean War in June 1950, when the Korean North Korean Communist Party crossed the crossed the 38th parallel, intending to consolidate consolidate the country and implement a communist regime, supported by the Soviets, they launched a surprise attack on South Korea, making it the first military action of the Cold War, and expanding it deeper into Asia. It recharacterized the Cold War as expansionist for three years that that it lasted. Uh, in contrast to Europe, where the Iron Curtain was essentially static after the blockade failed. 
For the Americans, the Korean War was a direct attack on democracy which, uh, by the Soviet Union and a breach of the post-war agreement between Russia and the and the Allies in relation to governance of Korea and inconsistent inconsistence with the Truman Doctrine. Um, the U.S. had no desire to enter into a civil conflict in Korea. However, the invasion from the North left them with no choice. By July, the U.S. has entered the Korean War in support of the South, and by November, China had entered for the North. However, the sheer numbers of Chinese troops made the war a fertile battle for America in the North. Truman said that if we let South Korea down, the Soviets will keep right on going and swallow up one after another. So the USA the USA readied troops for a war against com communism itself. This didn't happen. And after years of negotiating, the US and North Korea signed an armistice on 27th of July 1953, which allowed prisoners of war to stay wherever they wished. During new boundary that gave South Korea an extra 1,500 miles of territory and created a two-mile-wide demilitarized zone that still exists. The significance of the Korean War as one of the early crises that deepened the Cold War is also evidenced in Soviet propaganda of the time, in particular yearly grants 1952 cartoon. The Korean War had a substantial impact on the development of the Cold War, creating the catalyst necessary for the US to strengthen Western alliances and build new ones, enhancing the capability of the West and transforming the NATO treaty into a serious alliance. The relationship between China and Russia did not fare as well, deteriorating as tension between Mao and Stalin increased. The differences in their respective political ideologies becoming clearer. As a result, the Soviet Union ended the Korean War in a weakened position and Stalin was dead. The American-China relationship remained strained and difficult. Yep, so for all of that, the point we kind of had that it was trying to get across was that the Korean War played a significant part in the development of the Cold War as the US seen the Korean War and like the North Korean army pushing over to South Korea to implement communist regime. They seen that as a direct attack on democracy by the Soviet Union and um, Korea. Mm. And the example, like explain... Uh, the North Korean Communist Party, which were highly supported by the Soviets, marched across the parallel border into South Korea, which, with the intended idea of imposing a communist regime, this was a breach of the Truman Doctrine in which the US had no other choice but to get involved in the fight. And for evidence, and I guess when I wrote the evidence, it kind of also had, like, Link involved in, like, in it as well, so I guess this is kind of evidence and Link. Uh, the Korean War helped deteriorate the relationship between the Soviets and the US and it proved to the US that the Soviets were constantly planning against them and couldn't be trusted even with signed treaties. I think we've actually unpieced from this huge document. It's like nine pages. Like a very simple narrative that you have all these countries fighting the Nazis in the 30s and 40s and then when that ends, they all have these agreements for peace. For the UN, we're going to petition Berlin, like we're going to get rid of fascism and all that sort of stuff. But when the rubber hits the road, they realise that they actually can't work together. And then we start the drawing of the battlegrounds. So Berlin gets divided with the blockade. They start bringing out NATO and the US have the bomb. The Chinese go communist and the Soviets have the bomb. The Americans freak out and now NATO is not the only show in town. 
they're talking about ramping up military support and then when Korea and uh, Kim Il-sung finally marches across the 38th parallel which had been divided by the two sides during the Second World War the Americans are like we're gonna have to do it like this is the battle this is the battle between communists and us democracy versus tyranny whatever side you're seeing it from that's the culmination without them full-on fighting each other and then it sets the tone for the next couple of decades which is that it's gonna come up again in vietnam it's gonna come up again in afghanistan it's just gonna keep in cuba it's just gonna keep happening and people just think it's just gonna keep happening until the collapse which happens later are there any questions or any extra points before we have 20 year eight kids come screaming and put their laptops away? <laughs> so, do we feel a lot clearer about the flow of it? Yeah. 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 Radio. Well, hopefully, listener, if you're about to sit your HSC and you're doing this, this is also a lot clearer for you as well. And, yeah, let us know what you think in the polls below if you're on Spotify about our choice. Thanks.